Ksuvas Perk Tes Mishnah Dalad 9.4. Since in the previous couple of Mishnayas we referenced the requirement of a woman to take a Shavua to swear that she is owed money from the heirs before she's paid out her Ksuva. So our Mishnah will discuss another scenario in which a woman has to take a Shavua. Um, now the backstory is like this. If I have any dealings with somebody, let's say I have a cleaning lady, and I see I left $5 on my bedside table. I see the clean lady go into the room. I see her come out of the room. And voila, the $5 are missing. So I am certain she stole them. I confront her. She says, nothing to do. I didn't touch them. So the din is, I can take that person to Bezdin and force her to take a shavua, an oath, a formal oath, um, with Nikita's chayfetz. She is going to hold the safer Torah and she'll say, just as it's true, I believe in the Torah. And Hashem, I believe I didn't take those $5. That's the most I can do. Of course, I can't force her to pay me because I've got witnesses. But at least I can force her to swear she didn't take it. Now, that's because I have what's called a Tainas Bari. I'm certain she took it. I know she took it. If um, I only had a Tainas Shem, I'm just suspicious of her, then I could not make her take such a Shvua. However, worth noting that once I have a Tainas Bari, I'm certain that she stole something from me. So then I could take her to Bezin, make her take a shvu regarding the $5 that disappeared from my side bedside table. But while I'm at it, I could also be megalgel a shvu. I could roll onto her more things into the shvu that are not bari brother shema. They're not certain claims, but maybes. In other words, I can say, I know you stole from my bedside table, so swear about that. And while you're at it, also swear you didn't help yourself to the liquor cabinet or the time you cleaned my office on air of Pesach, you didn't steal, help yourself to stuff in my office, etc. I can roll that stuff in there. And once she's swearing through the power of what's called Gilgul Shvua, she can be required through the other stuff as well. But the starting point there is that you can always make a person swear they didn't steal from you or they don't owe you money. If your claim is a bari, a certain claim, if you have a Shema, you're not certain to suspect them, you cannot make such a Shvur. You cannot impose upon them such a Shvur. Now, the Chiddush of our Mishnah is that if a man appoints his wife to be his, um, his agent to handle his financial affairs, so then it would be normal and expected for the woman to be Moraheter to rationalize in her head and say, listen, if I were just an employee, I could get at least a minimum wage. So I can help myself to some of the money. I can buy myself lunch with the with the proceeds because I'm a worker here too. I'm no worse than that. That, of course, is incorrect. Um, she and her husband are like one unit, but he owns the money. If she's working, she can't help herself without permission from taking the money. That's, that's called stealing. So since there's already an expectation, a, a likelihood that she'll be more ahead, she'll rationalize and justify taking the money, even though it's unjustified. So... Even if he's not certain that she stole or helped herself, still the Tanakamira holds that, and really everyone in the Mishnah holds, that he can adjure her, he can he can impose upon her a Shavua. Now that Shavua is going to be a, a, just a rabbinic oath, can't be a Doraisa, because he's not making a Tainas bar, he's not insisting his wife stole, he's not saying he's certain she stole, he just is imposing an oath on her to keep her honest. So, the Mishnah says, Hamoshev es ishto chenvanis o shemina apitropa. If a person places his wife as the woman who is handling his affairs, affairs either as a chenvanis, meaning like he owns a, a shop and she becomes a shopkeeper, handling you know the cash register, and he's out learning in yeshiva and she's you know whatever, taking money, buying and selling, 
Oh, Shemina Apitropa. Apitropa is the feminine version of Apitropus, like alumna and alumnus in English, whatever, Latin, the world Latin. So she's an Apitropus, if you will. She became like the, the director, the trustee of his affairs, and she's buying and selling his behalf, etc. So the din is, Hareze Mashbia, he can force her to take a Shavua, an oath, Kozman Shayirza, whenever he wants. He can force her to say, to, to swear that she didn't take you know, embezzle, embezzle funds. Now, and once, by the way, and once he's taking her, making her take that shvua, um, we'll treat it as, it's a rabbinic, of course, in nature, because there's no tainus bari, but um, we'll treat it like in the same kind of structure, meaning within the kitas chayfetz, she can hold the sefer Torah or tefillin, when she takes that shvua. She can't be forced to take a shvua on stuff she swore in the past, so if she swore about January, you know, she didn't do anything in January, when he makes her again swear in February, she could, she can't be forced to swear about January as well, but once she's swearing about, you know, February, she can also have a Gilgal Shul and also swear about, you know, other stuff, let's say, around the house. But this all applies only to a woman who's been appointed, let's say, to, to handle his financial affairs. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Afilu al Pilka al Isasa. Rabbi Eliezer says, you don't have to come on to a woman who's been essentially appointed as his wife's, you know, trustee or agent. Any, any, says Rabbi Eliezer, anybody who suspects his wife just of, you know, whatever, you know, helping herself to liquor cabinets, um, just doing her household affairs. She's, you know, she's cooking and cleaning, but while she cooks and cleans, she also, you know, she pilfers a little bit from the kitchen and sells it on the side to get money or something. So even that, in a regular marriage where she's not doing any financial, specific financial activities for him, Rabbi Eliezer holds, the husband can force his wife to take a shavua. Now, the Gemara says nothing doing. The reason why the Gemara doesn't, doesn't the Tanakhama doesn't go for that is because, as the Gemara says, A person can't live in the same basket as a snake. Meaning, that how is this woman supposed to go on with her marriage if her husband doesn't trust her, or the husband suspects her of, you know, stealing? It's like, how can they live together? How can, if, she, if he doesn't trust her, then they can't have a marriage? So no, nothing doing that, that is not acceptable, um, says the Tanakhama. However, if we have a situation which she's actually been handling his financial affairs more formally, then there is reason to anticipate that she might you know, rationalize taking things, and therefore she can be forced to swear. Now, the Allah is certainly not like Rabbi Eliezer, meaning a person can't make his wife take a shvua regarding household affairs as she's functioning as a normal wife. As far as a woman who actually is like acting as the agent, the financial agent for her husband, so there's two sheets that's brought down in the Shulchan Aruch. One sheet is saying she's like her Tanakama, that he can make her take a shvua even with a Tainas Bari whenever he wants to, because that ensures that she's kept honest. The other sheet, it's actually the first sheet that wrote down in the Shulchan Arach, is that he can't do this all the time. This shvua can be made once, imposed upon her at the time she wants to collect her kutsuba. She has to swear that she didn't, like we said in the previous mission, kind of. She swears that, like, you know, she hasn't essentially been paid out her kutsuba by what she helped herself to at the cash register along the way but that he cannot make her take a shvua, you know, on an ongoing basis. That's a disaster for the marriage. It undermines everything. They have in terms of the trust of the relationship. Therefore, he cannot do it. That's the first sheet in the, in the Shulchan Aruch.